Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. A few years ago, a South African-made documentary conquered the world, an unlikely but mostly true account of an American singer-songwriter called Rodriguez. He was all but unknown in every place in the world except one. In apartheid-era South Africa, he was a superstar and a symbol of better things to come. The movie was called Searching for Sugar Man, and it boasted one of the great surprise feel-good endings. I thought it'd make a good story, find out how Rodriguez died. So we started looking quite deeply at the lyrics. And one day, just by accident, I found it. What I thought was the end of story was actually just the beginning, and the best part was still to come. If you don't know the story, I can heartily recommend Searching for Sugar Man, but the point of this story is it very nearly didn't get made. Rodriguez, as I say, meant next to nothing outside South Africa. And inside that country, it was assumed everyone already knew the story. Well, this week, three films that offer fresh looks at stories the producers assume we all already know, like Austria's Corsage. A lion doesn't lose sleep over the opinion of sheep. It's impossible to overestimate how big the Empress Elizabeth of Austria is in Austria. She was a superstar celebrity in the 19th century at a time when such things were never heard of. But can the Austro-Hungarian Empire's princess die generate as much excitement away from home? Another Foreign Language Award nominee this year was the self-explanatory Argentina 1985. The long tale of the horrific years of the military junta of the early 1980s continues to dominate Argentina's film industry. But at least Argentina 1985 tells its real-life story as if we didn't already know it. And the same may be the case of the well-covered story of Boston's Strangler. Well, I'm making myself crazy. He's out there somewhere. Like most people outside Boston, I only knew of The Strangler, the US equivalent of England's Jack the Ripper 80 years before. Like The Ripper, The Strangler shone an unwelcome light on contemporary life. But first, a film that has nothing to do with real life. Shazam is back. I'm an idiot. I don't deserve these powers, if I'm being honest. Like, what am I even contributing? Ow! It continues to amuse my friends that I keep chasing that holy grail, a big-budget Hollywood movie that isn't stupid. Well, back in the day, that was most of the important ones. They were made by the best directors, they were about something significant, written by top writers and starring the best actors. We... 
are at war. We will annihilate everything. Champions of this realm can do nothing to stop us. Not now, of course. Most of the biggest movies started out in life as humble comic books. And woe betide stars like Helen Mirren if they turned down stuff like Shazam! Fury of the Gods. How else can they afford to make smaller and better movies, essentially on their own time? We have one job to do. Save the world. Billy! I don't know how we fight powers like this. To my embarrassment, I rather enjoyed the first Shazam, a sort of superhero version of the old Tom Hanks comedy Big. In it, our 14-year-old hero, Billy Batson, is given magical powers if he says the word Shazam. Not just magical powers, he actually turns into a beefy Superman type. But the point is, inside, he's still a dopey kid. There's already a superhero with a red suit with a lightning bolt on it. Aquaman is literally huge and he's so manly. And Batman is so cool. And I'm just me. Four years on, the inevitable sequel arrives, much delayed by COVID, which brings its own snags. One of these is the family-friendly fun of a 14-year-old pretending to be grown-up is somewhat diluted when he and his friends turned superheroes actually do grow up. Now what? I feel like a fraud. It doesn't matter. Um, anyway, the wizard gave me superpowers. Yeah! And then everybody got superpowers. Where's everyone going? To fight crime. Okay. If ever there was a shorthand for most blockbuster sequels, it would be Now What? Star Zachary Levi may be an endearing screen presence, but there's only so much he can do on his own. Now everyone's kind of like doing their own thing, and I'm the only one trying to keep it together. You understand I'm a pediatrician, right? Yes, he's got his orphanage mates who now keep switching between dead-end kids into all-purpose superheroes in tights. And there's the old magic wizard on hand to explain things. But it's still mostly Billy, a.k.a. the Shazam guy, looking for something to do. I'm not super old like you, <laughs> but I've seen all of the Fast and the Furious movies, lady. It's all about Billy! The something to do in Fury of the Gods turns out to be three grumpy celestials, the daughters of Atlas, no less, suggesting that Billy and his pals don't deserve these magical powers. The daughters are played in ascending order of importance by former West Side Story star Rachel Zegler, former Charlie's Angel Lucy Liu, and former serious actor Dame Helen Mirren. The daughters of Atlas are coming for you. Children stole the power of all the gods. This is very personal, Billy. Clearly, Oscar winner and five times BAFTA winner Mirren has decided you can't live on respect alone. She does what she can in Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which is, frankly, not much. The plot, such as it is, makes very little sense, which is ironic because the script is made up almost entirely of exposition. All right, here's the situation. Started from the bottom, not a whole team here. The daughters of Atlas are coming to hunt us. Children stole the power of the gods. You ripped it from our father's core. Okay, I feel like maybe I should be writing all this down. 
When a film needs so much setup to get going, particularly one aimed, you know, for kids, you know it's in trouble. Billy's plot is about, I don't know, imposter syndrome or something. Meanwhile, his friends think he's a total control freak and they want to have fun. And the three witches, you know, the fury of the gods people, keep attacking our heroes, often with dragons. Give us the powers, child. Your world will not survive this. You want these powers? Come get them! Hey, Khaleesi! My least favourite elements in would-be family movies are laboured popular culture references. Hey, Khaleesi! Partly it's because they remind us of better popular culture examples like Game of Thrones and... I never thought I'd find myself saying this, some of the Fast and Furious movies. This is big, empty and so, so stupid. And I'm afraid the trend is going downhill rather than bigger and better. (laughs) I just threw a truck at a dragon. I love my life. After the recent awards season, a few latecomers have arrived here, including an Austrian film nominated for foreign language BAFTA, Corsage. It has to be said that the film starring Luxembourg's greatest hit, Vicky Creeps, does assume at least a nodding acquaintance with the Empress Elizabeth. The fact is, outside Austria, not only does the rest of the world know very little of the Empress of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, nicknamed Sissy, it's rather forgotten the empire itself. Well, that blended two countries, Austria and Hungary, around the 1860s. And the dual monarchy was symbolised by the marriage between Emperor Franz Joseph and his Empress Elizabeth, who became one of the most famous people in Europe. Then in the right moment, so... She still is in certain parts of Europe. There's an entire museum devoted to Sissy in Vienna, and you can't go anywhere in Hungary, I believe, without running into Sissy portraits and memorabilia. For her later fame, you can blame the movies. Die Liebe eines Volkes hat mich zu seiner Königin gemacht. Ich will diesem Volk dieselbe Liebe entgegenbringen. Sissy was big enough before the 1950s, but then three films came out about the young empress, starring soon-to-be superstar Romy Schneider. And for decades, all three movies were played every Christmas on Austrian television. Well, possibly Corsage has been devised as a sort of antidote to all that sissy mania. Corsage opens some years after what you might call the Romy Schneider years. She's on the verge of 40, a terrible number for a celebrity whose importance, in her own eyes at any rate, rests entirely on her physical beauty. She spends much of the movie maintaining her ideal sissy body weight and corseting her waist to impossible tightness. She left me so in the angst. Festa. Festa.
Like her later equivalent, the UK's Princess Diana, Sissy is driven by her love for her children, a desire to be liked by ordinary people, and also to have something to do. She's always at odds with her husband, the Emperor Franz Joseph, who impatiently dismisses her interest in current affairs. Meine Aufgabe ist es, die Geschicke dieses Reiches zu lenken. Deine Aufgabe ist es, lediglich zu repräsentieren. Dafür habe ich dich ausgewählt, dafür bist du da. It's my job to look after the empire, he says. It's your job to represent the Hungarian half of it. That's why I married you. Even a far less ambitious empress would resent that sort of snub. So, Sissy spends a lot of time touring the stately homes of Europe. I have to look at you looking at me. Sie ist ein Buch für mich. Auf jeder Seite steht ein Rätsel. And like many people defined, rightly or wrongly, by their looks, Empress Sissy flirts outrageously with everyone. In her case, that means the more attractive men of Europe's royal families, including the British one. Why should she care, she wonders. After all, do lions care what sheep think of them? A lion doesn't lose sleep over the opinion of sheep. This was clearly a famous sissy quote, but Corsage is careful to avoid two-pointed criticism, lest it scare off the sissy fans. Yes, she flirted with King Ludwig of Bavaria, but no more than that. And yes, she was vain and idle, but she wasn't stupid. Was habt ihr vor mit Sarajevo? Die Lage dort hat sich so bald nicht beruhigt. Los jetzt! Which doesn't leave anywhere much for Corsage to go. Vicky Creeps is well cast as the tall, glamorous empress, but like Sissy's own story, perhaps, the film shines a light without offering much to think about. Go! Fester, fester. Go! Fester, have I gesagt. One of my favourite Argentinian films was 2009's The Secret in Their Eyes, in which a retired cop, the ever-popular Ricardo Darin, looks back on an unsolved murder. The reasons it was unsolved were entirely political. The suspect had friends in the military dictatorship that terrorised the country back in the early 1980s. La responsabilidad jerárquica es de las juntas. ¿Cómo demostramos que ellos sabían? That dictatorship, ruling for over seven years, has dominated many of Argentina's films ever since. And they culminate in many ways in the recent Oscar-nominated Argentina 1985, currently showing on Amazon Prime. It's the story of what happened after the dictatorship. The junta was toppled in 1983. Se hace el fiscal del juicio más importante de la historia argentina. The new president wanted the top nine military officers to be prosecuted for the regime's crimes, and there was an unedifying scramble among the judiciary not to be involved. 
In the film, when a cynical lawyer suggests 90% of the Justice Department want nothing to do with such a trial, prosecutor Julio Stracero denies this. It's 99%, he says. Lo único que te digo es que hay poco tiempo y solo no vas a poder. ¿En cuántos juicios estuviste? Ninguno. El 90% de los funcionarios de la justicia no quieren saber nada más de este juicio. 99. Prosecutor Stracero is our hero, of course, once again played by Ricardo Darín. And Stracero only takes on the case because, as a civil servant, he has no choice. Now he has to prepare charges against the high-ranking accused with very little support. Esta es nuestra oportunidad. Cuídate, Julio. Cuídate. Vas a meter preso a Videla. A todos los responsables. Worse, most of the top lawyers in the country have been hired by the defendants, led by ex-president Videla and the notorious General Galtieri. Stracero is assisted only by the inexperienced Luis Ocampo. This is, in fact, his first case. And the clock is ticking. La historia no le sirve a un tipo como yo. Entonces, ¿qué hacemos? Hay que armar un equipo cuanto antes. Tenemos cinco meses para presentar prueba irrefutable contra nueve comandantes. Adding pressure is how important this case is to the rule of law in the newly democratic state of Argentina. Almost the entire country is well aware of the multitude of crimes carried out by the brutal former government. The number of people murdered, the shocking euphemism was disappeared, was in the thousands. But getting witnesses to talk was another matter. A mí me torturaron, a mí me secuestraron. Vamos a darles a los militares lo que ellos no les dieron a sus víctimas. Un juicio justo. What was needed was people power, and Stracero and Acampo had very few people to call on. Most Argentinians didn't want to draw attention to what they might have done or not done during the dictatorship. So finding people untainted by those years was all but impossible, unless you found people too young to have been employed back then. Yo pienso que hay que buscar por otro lado, entonces. ¿Dónde? Chicos. Sí. ¿Y si los funcionarios de carrera no quieren? Entonces traemos a los que no tienen carrera. And that's what happened. Stracero and Ocampo put out a call for legal interns, recent graduates, young idealists. The people who were initially dismissed as Stracero's kids, but who later wore it as a badge of honor. Necesitamos demostrar que fue un plan sistemático. Que fue a lo largo de todo el país y durante los gobiernos de los nueve comandantes. The reason Argentina 1985 deserved its Oscar and BAFTA nominations and its Golden Globe for Best Foreign Language Film was it didn't rest on the laurels of the real-life Stracero and his team. Everyone was allowed a voice, the tortured victims, the angry accused, and particularly Stracero himself, terrified of the threats to his family. ¿De qué tenés miedo, Julio? De todo. De que todo esto es una trampa, de que les pase algo a ustedes. Se metieron en nuestra casa y tengo audiencia en una hora. The deplorable Hunter was still defended by a large, shamelessly fascist minority. It also, though this point isn't stressed in the movie, had massive support from the United States for years. 
And up against all these forces was one man. Julio Stracero had to bring home nine capital crime verdicts, despite being, as he said, not the sort of person who makes history. Lentamente, como para que no nos diéramos cuenta, una máquina de horror fue desatando su iniquidad sobre los desprevenidos y los inocentes. Like Stracero, Argentina 1985 is careful rather than flashy, but maybe that's why it packs the punch it does. You can see it on Amazon Prime, and I recommend it, if only to keep up with all those other Argentinian movies set in the same period. Acá se trata de lo que el país necesita, respeto y justicia. Esta es nuestra oportunidad. Quizás sea la última. For a while in the mid-60s, Boston, Massachusetts was associated in the world's mind with one word, strangler. The Boston Strangler terrorized the city, killing many women, an unusually random collection of women, before finally being caught. The city is, for some, glamorous, stimulating, prosperous. Only recently has it become dangerous. They even made a film, The Boston Strangler, for which star Tony Curtis was nominated for a Golden Globe. So is a new film, this time called just Boston Strangler, a remake? Well, no, it isn't. In fact, the two leads of the film, and in fact the investigation, weren't even in the 1968 one. Jack, I think I found something. Three women were strangled over the last two weeks. You're on the lifestyle desk. You're not covering a homicide. I think the murders are connected. They are the two reporters for the Boston newspaper, The Record American, who covered the story, followed it for years, and solved the mystery of the strangler. And usually for the time, they were both women, Loretta McLaughlin and Jean Cole. Well, that oversight is finally rectified in the new movie currently showing, of all places, on the Disney Plus streaming service. Another woman was strangled, just came over the wire. I'm killing the follow-up. You don't have a story. How many women have to die before it's a story? Loretta McLaughlin is played by Kira Knightley. She doesn't normally do American, while stage star Carrie Coon plays Jean Cole. And initially, at any rate, the story is as much about sexism in the workplace as it is about the spate of murders beginning to terrorise the city. They just confirmed number four. Police aren't talking. Never seen them this tight-lipped about anything. I don't care if it's one killer or four. We're going to catch whoever did this. Do you have any suspects? Things hadn't improved much for women journalists since the days of Roz Russell in His Girl Friday back in the 40s. There may be a few more of them, but they needed to work twice as hard for any respect or even to get away from the dreaded women's pages. Oh, come on. It's slow. I'll do it on my own time. All right. But you're still on the lifestyle desk. Boston Strangler's script is by the director, true crime specialist Matt Ruskin, and it occasionally clunks in some of the details. Was the term lifestyle used in 1962? Did people use the term rabbit hole like this, Alice or no Alice? You know how many people I've gone down the rabbit hole with? It's a dead end every time with this case. What do you think you're going to find out there? When is this going to stop, Loretta? I need you to call in a favour. Be quick. I don't want to get fired tonight.
But the story itself becomes more and more gripping, particularly if you think you already know it. The police are at first unwilling to commit many resources to a case of a few middle-aged women being bumped off. It was hard enough to get the newspaper's editor, played by Chris Cooper, to give the story any space either. I don't see the interest of the nobodies. Who do you think our readers are? And that's just it. Why would anybody go around killing three nobody women? Well, how do you plan to find that out? Well, let me profile the victims. <laughs> see if there's any connection. But as Loretta points out, these victims may be nobodies, but so are the people reading about their murders. And as the crimes continue, first the newspapers take notice, front page news even, but then the police find themselves under siege. This in a conservative Irish pro-police town. Any lawyer worth a dime would pick this apart. You really want to use this paper to tear down the police department? If anyone else was blowing it this badly, we'd have put it on the front page a long time ago. More murders mean more problems. It's not lack of clues, it's too many of them at times and all contradicting each other. And the paranoia of the police means sometimes promising leads are ignored because they come from the hated media. Boston police, hands on the wall. We had him, we just let him walk away. Everything lines up with him. His history, the progression of the crimes, everything. Meanwhile, the sexism of the powers that be in the early 60s seems beyond belief if it weren't provably true. Even the people who supported Loretta and Jean, including family and friends, couldn't always be relied on. And all the time, the strangler continues his grisly career, terrifying the women of Boston. I worked this album for weeks. I loved him for it. It's not him. What makes you so sure? He was in prison for the first six murders, didn't get out until after Sophie was killed. Whoever was in that lady's apartment wasn't this album. In other words, Boston Strangler is that always engrossing, if dying movie genre, the newspaper story. The leads that go nowhere, the constant deadlines, the unexpected assistance, the pressure on and occasionally from the family. There's nothing quite like it. I need you to take down an address. If I don't call back in an hour, give it to the police. Loretta, there's more than one lunatic out there and you're going to get us both killed. A safe little world is just delusion. But there's more, and that's aside from finally solving the murders. I can tell you right now that Tony Curtis only scraped the surface of the real story. And there's also the effect of the strangler on the United States and the rest of the world. Jack the Ripper famously gave birth to the 20th century. The strangler showed what happened next. Well, having possibly caused more than a few nightmares, it's time to go. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.